1: Already getting a little scary in here. This signals the beginning of another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Me, I'm Nikki Dakota. I'm joined in the studio by the film guys. To my right is Mr. J. Todd Anderson, storyboard artist to all the big stars and uh, great friend, all-around movie guy, Mr. J. Todd Anderson. Thanks for that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dakota. Also on the line via, what would you call it, the fat pipe? The fat pipe! (laughs) Bringing us uh, via the phone lines. It is uh, the one and only Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress, an amazing... Film brain, and not a fact escapes this collection of gray matter. He is Mr. George Willem. And George, welcome. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. As we prepare for Halloween, uh, the film guys have taken the extra effort to collect some particularly scary films. And among these, so I'm told, is uh, Halloween. Too
0: scary for Nikki to watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have
2: small children. (laughs)
0: That old excuse again. They can
2: probably tell you a few things about what's really scary.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: I said, Nikki, my transmission needs to be changed in my car. Can you come help? I have small children.
1: We come together on a Friday to talk about some of the finest uh, images ever laid to film or, I guess now, uh, computer file uh, these days. But uh, among those has been deemed by the film guys.
0: 1978, not the new version. Often we are dogged by this dilemma of remix in our perfect film list, because the movies are so good that they try to capture the lightning that hits W.Y.S. So radio station <laughs> in a bottle.
1: <laughs> but it's it's seldom replicated, is it? It's usually that the once it's done well, that's it. You can't. Uh, there's no point.
0: Yeah, in and, going and, back and George will well, elaborate. It's
2: very true that people love repetition. Oh, and I'll boy. say that again: people love repetition.
0: Did you say people love repetition? <laughs>
2: You can say that again.
1: <laughs> People do love repetition. You know, Nikki...
0: <laughs> People love repetition.
1: (laughs) So when we think about it, uh, although we love it and we want to, sometimes there's just something magical about the first one around that uh, cannot later be captured. Let's consider that as we consider the fact that this is not some arbitrary system that the film guys sit around and have a glass of wine and consider, oh, this one might be all right. There's a very strict and very comprehensive list of rules that uh, describe a perfect movie. Gentlemen, gentlemen.
0: Well, first of all, uh, Halloween uh, creates the world it, exists in, it, it that it exists in.
2: And it totally sustains that world. And
0: regardless of changes in society, uh, it always will be a classic. It maintains its stature.
2: Did and get that wrong, unlike those roughshod, run-of-the-mill cheap lists, <laughs> this is never placed in any kind of preferential or numerical order. Each film is judged by its own scale.
0: Yeah, there you have it.
1: There you have it—the uh, full and uh, and and complete lists for perfect film hood. And so, as we consider Halloween, let's, uh, let's first consider it. Yeah, let's shall we? <laughs> let's consider Halloween. Now, George we... will
0: probably elaborate on why this movie is so good and why it is perfect because a lot of the conventions in this movie have, the, it, like the like uh, the the remakes have started to dog us through cinema history. Almost John Carpenter did too good of a job on this picture.
1: Interesting. Um, I have to say that I was not allowed to see it when it was out because my mother thought it would give me nightmares forever. And if judging by a few of my uh, friends from the time, uh, I think that actually that might actually be true. Uh, George, could you give us a little overview of, uh, of the storyline in this movie?
2: Sure. Uh, the film starts out in Haddonfield, Haddonfield Illinois, in the uh, late fifties, I believe. And at the beginning, you're a witness, it's sort of a point of view shot, you're the witness to the murder of a young girl. And at the end of it, you discover that it was her little 12-year-old brother, and it's Halloween night, and he kills his sister with a huge carving knife. So then that ends the prologue, and the story starts some years later, in modern time, in 78, also in Haddonfield, where it's Halloween night, and the young boy, who's now a full-grown man, who's been living at a uh, mental institution since basically since that night, has escaped. And his doctor, who's played by the just absolutely phenomenal Donald Pleasance,
0: well, he is great. Um, he? Wow. Is
2: looking for him, trying to track him down and bring him back, or 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 kill him, whichever he can do, to, because he knows he's a danger, and he knows that he's going to come back to going to come home, basically and either reenact the murder or wreak more havoc. And sure enough, he does. (laughs) Hey! Uh, Unfortunately, the doctor is completely wrong about where he's going to end up. And he actually ends up stalking the other main character of the film, a young uh, babysitter played by Jamie Lee Curtis in her first big movie role. Introducing Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, it says that in the credits? Yes, it does. (laughs) It says introducing Jamie Lee Curtis.
0: Tony uh, Curtis' daughter. She is
2: out. She is uh, babysitting uh, some of her parents' friends' children, and I believe it's basically because she goes up to Michael Myers, who is the bad guy, goes up to his old house to leave a set of keys for a realtor, and Michael's inside this house and gets his eyes on her. So she she becomes his focal point, and he pretty much dogs her throughout the movie and her friends. So Just because basically of the it comes one down,
1: chance yeah meeting. basically it comes
2: down to her and him in a sort of a one-on-one battle of wits.
0: Yeah, what's he's kind of an unarmed, she's an unarmed opponent in
2: this thing. He <laughs> you know, always gets ahead of her. Right, <laughs> he's very armed and she has to sort of improvise with a hanger or whatever she has handy.
1: And this movie really set the tone for all horror movies to follow, didn't it? it? I mean with the with the guy a lot, that keeps dying and won't not die. All horror I always movies.
2: like to say that this movie has so much to answer for. It does because yeah, yeah, pretty much every film that comes after it is sort of pressed from its mold. Now, here's
0: a very interesting aspect of this movie, folks. From from a form standpoint, it has very little blood. The only speck of blood you really see in this is when when Michael Myers kills a sister, and it's only for like three seconds uh, at the most on the screen. And then from then on. I mean, there is some some graphic violence. Don't show this to your kids um, unless uh, you know you discuss it with Nikki Dakota first. Um, <laughs> but all the way through the film, you don't see this blood. It's all implied, which is right. a real the, convention the that Carpenter the uses does not to come his advantage. From what
2: is seen, but from what is not. Seen.
1: Which reminds me of The Searchers and how effective that was, that you never exactly. see anything, actual, you know, no actual blood, but you're still well, completely scared.
2: And it is interesting to throw in the note that, that uh, John Carpenter is a, a huge fan of classic Hollywood cinema.
0: Oh, and it's all over the place. So, cinema, I mean, yeah.
2: so oh, he may have been thinking of something like The Searchers in some of the shots. I, one we talked about yesterday was uh, the detective, or excuse me, the, the psychologist and the policeman go into the Myers house and they find a half-eaten dog. And Ew. they discuss it, but they never—you never see it.
0: Yeah, you don't see it.
2: You never see the dog. They just discuss what has happened. Now, and either it was you know Carpenter didn't want to show that, didn't feel it was necessary, or they couldn't afford to <laughs> come up with a prosthetic <laughs> fake happy. Those rubber dog. dogs still, are expensive, uh, man. I'm, I'm telling still you. Still, the that. effect, effect is We a had a rubber horse and in a movie face and it
0: just cost so it. much money. Uh, and
2: actually, <laughs> this is a good segue because following that, uh, Doctor Loomis, the, the uh, Donald Pleasance character, takes a moment. To explain to the police chief why he is after Michael Myers and how Michael Myers turned into this monster. And that's the narrative right there. The rest
0: of it. That's the narrative right there, and the rest of it is absolute, pure, unadulterated form. And in the movies, in the movie business, when you get a script, um, they have little labels they put in the script so you kind of know your way around. They're all, you know, conventions of, of movies. One of those d- labels is point of view, and it's usually labeled POV, and that means that in the first person, you're in that person's head, the character's head, and you're watching this movie. There's, It's completely verite, and this movie really operates on that tone of voyeur, um, and that voyeur is 100%... Pov almost all the time.
1: Yeah. Let's listen. What to is that, it, Nikki? Little... Are you trying to tell me <laughs> something? <trying> to, let's <laughs> listen to that little setup, shall we? Of his little speech that uh, that sets the is it sets the point of view?
3: Yeah. Seems to me you're just playing scared. Yes. Yeah. I, I am. Uh, I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. That... If you do that, they'll see him in every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open.
1: What about that? <laughs>
0: yeah, keep, keep your, your mouth, mouth shut and your eyes open. Because yeah. it's the night he came home.
2: <laughs> and, and for them, for the makers of this film, Donald Pleasance was their, their sort of their ace in the hole. He added so much legitimacy to this movie because pretty much everybody else in it, I mean, a lot of them have been sort of the John Carpenter Stock Company later on, but nobody knew them from Adam. But Donald Pleasence was, was the known person in this movie.
0: Yeah, he was in uh, quite a few movies up to then. He always played the, the, the sneaky, sinister kind of guy. But this one, he's the brains of the outfit in yep. this picture.
1: We are talking about Halloween, uh, the 1978 original version of this now Halloween classic on Filmically Perfect here on 91.3 WYSO. And uh, we've laid out the rules and a little bit of the action. Um, do, do we want to get into the ending? It seems to me by this time most people uh, have seen it. No, is this the beginning of the sort of teenage slaughter horror films or not? It, it's kind of, yeah,
2: I mean, um, I'd have to actually see when their release dates were, but it's this one and then uh, Friday the 13th, you know, and then from those two come all the little children, you know, coming out.
0: Yeah, it. it's gotten to the point where these villains face off in cage matches now and... Well, yeah, I mean, Part they five, even had one of no. Michael
2: Myers versus Jason, I believe. In outer no. space, I think.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Very bizarro <laughs> 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 concepts, you know.
2: <laughs> Michael Myers? It's kind of like King if Kong I versus
0: Godzilla, yeah, I you know. Was...
1: <laughs> <laughs> you will still see to this day uh, little kids at Halloween wearing that yeah, mask. Yeah, you know that
0: mask. Um, you know who that image is in that yeah. mask.
1: <laughs> you know. Do <laughs> you know? You know, if we had a trivia
0: question today, but since it's Begathon Day, we don't, we're not doing trivia, um, but that is none other than Captain Kirk, as I understand. That yes, mask. it is.
2: What? Their, their budget yes. on this film was so low, it was like $300,000, that for the mask, they couldn't make a mask. So they went to the uh, costume store and got a Captain Kirk mask and painted it white.
1: Oh, that, I'm so happy to know that. <laughs> Wow. Now that's amazing. Is so that- now,
0: now when you see Michael Myers, you're going to go out and watch this movie probably. You're going to see that. You know, Expedia.com. <laughs> Those crazy commercials that William Shatner's doing where he's doing and You're going to try and stop it and say, is that really him? Because I did it, man. When people told me that, I was like, is
1: that really him? That's great. I love it. Captain Kirk mask painted white that haunts so many children's uh, nightmares. Very, very clever of them. And the,
0: the infamous Michael Moran, I think that's the guy's name, isn't it, George, that was the the person that was demasked for 15 seconds in this movie? Is that his name, Michael Moran? I think so. That Tony Moran. Was... You know, uh, he just never really
1: got on traction on from that
2: <laughs> part. Because <laughs> of the
1: masked role, the famous masked role that he played.
2: I mean, so, well, I... and this—and that's an interesting thing. Talking about uh, just sort of the, the odd things that they did, this film is full of referential. Personal referential items. I mean, all the way through the film, they know that it takes place in Haddonfield, Illinois, which is named actually for Haddonfield, New Jersey, which is where uh, the producer and screenwriter Deborah Hill is from. Another time, you see a title saying Smiths Grove, Illinois, which is for uh, a town that Jordan Carpenter was from. The name Michael Myers was the name of the European distributor of Assault on Precinct 13, which was the movie he did before this one. Uh, I know the, detect- the, the Dr. Sam Loomis, the Loomis name is uh, a name that was familiar to, um, to Carpenter. Uh-huh.
0: Well, one of the most spectacular trivia questions of this movie is, the man that plays Michael Myers is actually Aaron Morin of Happy Day's brother.
1: Oh, is really? that right?
2: <laughs> that I
0: didn't know. <laughs> it's only IMDb.
1: <laughs> and neither one of them ever really went on from those things. So we're talking My about. My guess is Halloween. he puts on a mask
0: every Halloween and <laughs> says, "I'm him.
1: No, I really. am that guy. It's really <laughs> me." We're talking about Halloween on Filmically Perfect, and we've uh, um, so we established that it's set about this poor hapless teenager who is accidentally or is just coincidentally spotted by this uh, killer, killed his his. Uh, Sister, and then is returning to the scene of the crime. The doctor, sure that he's going to do it again, proceeds to do it. But she ultimately uh, prevails. But not after several, like just. Oh no, we
0: got to have a movie here. Nick. Honestly, you just can't yeah, just wipe I mean, this he, thing out in twenty minutes, man. We got a movie.
2: <laughs> I mean, he dispatches. This isn't radio. Three teenagers and a dog, I believe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is <laughs> there dog? <laughs> is that
0: the
1: actual body count? Three teenagers now, and I'll, a dog.
0: In this movie, you know, it this movie. Uh, from the form standpoint, it also has spectacular tone. The tone is so consistent through this whole picture because. Now, what
1: do you mean by that?
0: When you're talking about tone, it it builds and it builds. It just doesn't unevenly fold out. Right, you know? and
2: everything within the frame relates to the film. There's no extraneous, you know, background garbage going on, which is something you mentioned yesterday. That like the streets of Haddonfield are
0: strange. There's nobody them. there. There's nobody walking around. It's like vertigo and Hitchcock. You know, again, yeah, another f- to that, Hitchcock kind of I mean, of it adds
2: to creating movie. the world of the film is very much a microcosm.
0: And they also he also does an absolute textbook example of time honored shots, where the shot is locked down and the characters move within the shot come to the camera, walk away from the camera, and tell a mini story. He keeps looking through windows, looking through the mask, breathing. <gasps> <sighs> and all this is playing out underneath this this marvelous tone that he set up, and John Carpenter himself made the music in this movie. Right. And it's another one of the presents to uh, society here in film uh, in filmdom is, is that now we have the patented you know what do you call those George when they when the killer comes out and it's a stinger right stinger yeah, ah, yeah. Stinger. i mean it, came, it happened in psycho again another homage but he really works it in this picture with his music he does right. he you can tell the guy's one in with the picture himself cuz he's making the music and that that sets the tone for this picture and i can remember when this movie came out it was when i was in high school and I, they would open the doors at the Tiki Theater, and you'd hear everybody screaming like crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, the stinger. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've yelled at and those. That's,
2: and I... that's, that's the majority of the frights in this film. And that's what I think makes it, you know, it's something that's so hard to do now, is that most of the frights in the film are, are the silliest little things. They are, you know, like a stinger note. Silly. Something slides across the, across the screen, uh, a shadow, you know, a piece of furniture, you know, that kind of thing.
0: And it's, it's like I said, it's something that Little kids a in, the, can do in a boogeyman Good. story. Shall we hit the boogeyman story, George?
2: Yes, let's give them... Let's the, this do is, the
0: boogeyman story. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> daughter her, of her little Tony Lord and, she she and Janet.
2: Of, talking about the
1: boogeyman. So, it's Tony Curtis and Janet Lee of Psycho fame. So how very appropriate then that she should go on to uh, establish her own genre. But yeah, go Beautiful ahead. Beautiful homage.
0: Yeah. We're ready for it. Yeah. Hit us, Nikki. What about the jack lantern After
3: the movie. What about the rest of my comic books? After the jack-o'-lantern. What about the boogeyman? There's no such thing. Richie said he was coming after me tonight. Do you believe everything Richie tells you? No.
1: Tommy, Halloween night, it's when people play tricks on each other. It's all make-believe. I think Richie was just trying to scare you. I saw the boogeyman. I saw him outside. There was nobody outside. There was. What'd he look like? The boogeyman. We're not getting anywhere. All right. The Boogeyman can only come out on Halloween night, right?
3: Right. While I'm here tonight, I'm not about to let anything happen to you. Promise? Promise. Can we make the jack-o'-lantern now?
1: Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, can we make the jack-o'-lantern now? Jamie Lee Curtis' Shot over the bow of uh, it's really hard horror film. when you
0: take some of this stuff out of context of this movie because it sounds kind of hokey and silly. But it, when you put it in the movie, it's it's put in the strategic place in the movie. Just it really starts building right there. As like I like to say, often the movie gets better.
2: Um, right, and also I mean it fits in the perfect description of a of a horror movie of this you know this this sort of genre or subgenre of horror movie because if these people acted sensibly, none of them would get killed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, what's what's that sound out there in the dark? Let's go find out, you know,
0: and, you know. <laughs> you know and and they show go. they show John Carpenter's, or <sniffs> Howard Hawks' The Thing on television, and you'll notice there's a lot of similarities in that movie and this movie. This is kind of an update in that movie where this creature, and they don't know where he is, but they know he's out there, and he's stalking them, very much like The Thing, wouldn't you say, George?
2: Uh, very much, and and not ironically, you know, Carpenter, about two films later, uh, did a remake or an updating of the thing?
0: Yeah, that was a good one too. I think, mm-hmm. I think the, the so. We did a
1: good remake. It was
0: yeah, occasionally. Well, I think it, occasionally, it's good
2: because it's not such a remake. It's like a retelling. Uh, I mean, the the two stories are based on the same piece of work, but they go from totally different directions.
1: So it uh, finds itself uh, in uh, beginning a genre, and yet also paying homage to uh, some of the things that have gone before. So let's think about rule one: Does it uh, create the world?
0: Oh heck Definitely. yeah, man! What a world it's making! There's nobody in this world but the characters in the movie, and it's all through point of view and windows and crazy stuff.
1: Does it sustain that world?
2: Yeah, it never steps out of it. I mean, oh, you know, they're trapped suddenly... in nowhere no they suddenly go to the mall or something like that you know or there's there's no music video breaks
0: yeah anything. yeah
2: so
1: you think about things like scream and, oh, how, yeah. uh, and that it's really yeah, and they I all think... got
0: homage I mean even the logo has been knocked off so many times yeah and you know regardless of time and all that that rule there oh that's covered in space because now we have to put up all these movies that have a sheriff in a town <laughs> um, the killer that just won't die right. I mean
2: they put three I slugs mean, in yeah, the head and he that, just will not and that, die. The, the, the killer that just won't die became so Popular. I mean, even even Martin Scorsese fell for it.
0: Yeah. Really? And what? His,
2: what movie? His remake of Cape Fear. Robert De Niro, who is basically the monster.
0: Yeah, That's they a, kill him like no, four, it's not such three a good, or four
2: r- times at the end of the movie.
0: It's not as good as the original. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. And you know, when you get your videos now from the stores that has alternate endings. Well, all those alternate endings are the killer getting back to life again. <laughs> he Different never way. gets killed in every alternate ending He <laughs> never gets killed. <laughs> Thank you, John Carpenter.
1: (laughs) 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 I think it definitely sustains itself. There's no question about it. Oh, yeah, it sure does. (laughs) So what did uh, John Carpenter have under his belt before he made this movie? Was this the defining movie of his career? I mean,
2: this was his really, really big one. But before this, he had a really nifty little uh, police thriller called Assault on Precinct 13, which has also recently been remade. And before that was this really quirky sci-fi film called Dark Star. Wow! Uh, Sounds which is, which is a fun little movie, extremely low budget.
0: <laughs> well, you know this this movie in its time was around three hundred thousand dollars or something in nineteen seventy eight, so it would probably be about a million and a half, maybe two million right. now. Um, but it's it's deftly crafted,
2: and, well, and and half the budget went to shoot it in widescreen.
0: Yeah, they they shot it on a real Panaflex camera, which you know, film cost was even back then was very extraordinary. Um, but what makes this thing just keeps going and going and going and going, and the Hollywood people, this is the magic. This is just the magic cow for them because it keeps making money and it didn't cost much. It's just what they dream about. I mean, these guys lay in their beds, you know, and their wives are talking to them, and they're just dreaming about these kind of movies that just (laughs) make tons of money. Where it just rains quarters and dimes and nickels, and it just keeps raining, and somebody's still making money from this. Yeah, Um, they say that uh, Matt Damon for every dollar he every twenty seven. See, I think for every dollar they pay him, they make twenty seven dollars. And that's the kind of film they they want, is a film that's going to kick over big time. And this film, most certainly in Hollywood terms... Was the perfect movie for them too because it made nothing but money.
1: A <laughs> good investment. Just
0: look at all the remakes of it,
1: man. We've Woo. been talking about Halloween on Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO, a very special edition as we approach Halloween and also as we approach listeners and fans of this show to uh, kick in a little. And uh, what you give us actually will go to support go the this
0: Filmically Perfect show.
1: So what you pledge during this hour will go to an investment. I think. Well, let's just go ahead and say that we're um, looking to. To get a special it's called a tie line that will allow george there in culpeper virginia where he works at the library of congress to sound exactly like he's sitting here next to us so uh, you're gonna send me
2: to taiwan
1: <laughs> we wish oh, we get enough connection. calls you said to you gotta to send us money connected. so you don't
0: taiwan on <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> So if you'd like to do that, uh, please don't hesitate to give us a call, 800 801 9976 It's a pleasure for us to come here every week and talk about these movies. I know that I have learned a great deal just yeah, from talking she... to you guys. And oh. we
2: know that you've learned a great deal.
0: <laughs> and she keeps telling us she's learned a great deal.
1: <laughs> it's like really true. Like you don't
2: true. turn your back on us at any time.
1: That's right. <laughs> It's definitely worth it. Sometimes the, our
0: shirt tail's on fire and we're <laughs> heading for the door, as Dan Rather says. The
1: radio <laughs> worth listening to. There's no question about it. And it's been my pleasure. I love the rules. I love that it's it, it, it has meaning, you know, as far as uh, the historical placement and uh, timeless value of these films. And I've really appreciated it. We're uh, into our second year now, officially, I guess it's fair to say. And uh, look forward for more great ones. And if you love Filmically Perfect, uh, let us know. We will be much obliged. <laughs> Gentlemen, this is wrapping up another edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3. Certainly our pleasure. And usually right now we take this time to do a trivia question but instead we're going to go ahead and ask you to uh, call with your pledge of support. What do you think? Do you think it's radio worth pledging for, J. Todd? Oh
0: man, this is the best radio. I'll tell you. this You just can't beat this stuff. Uh, uh, like, uh your good friend said earlier, you guys have professionals here, and it really shows. <laughs> I mean, you have real professionals
1: that live here, though. You know what I'm saying? We are, we're professional radio people, but we also but they, are. You don't of hear the these Miami guys Valley. ever
0: say things like wrestlers. Like, let me tell you something. You know, <laughs> never, never. They they are so professional what they do.
2: Well, let me tell you something. <laughs>
3: um,
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you that if I wasn't on this show, I'd be at home uh, listening to it. That's yeah. right,
0: and I would too. <laughs>
1: 800-801-9976 is the number to call with your pledge of support for Filmically Perfect.
0: Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect. Coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net.
2: See you, please.